what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Happy December, everybody. I'm back with another episode. Nick is here, and we're going to talk about folklore, the long pond, studio sessions, and all of the secrets we learned from the documentary. We're going to talk about the Demi Lovato Thanksgiving scandal, which, to be honest, is just quite wild. And we do a little bit of a deep dive into turkey legs at Disneyland. Trust me, there is a connection, and I'll just wait for you to find out what that is. And of course, much, much more. I hope you're having an amazing December. I've really enjoyed opening up my advent calendar every morning. I got the dairy milk one this year. I was going to go Kit Kat, but settled on a dairy milk and honestly never looked back. And just like my advent calendar, this episode is an absolute treat. I really hope you folks enjoy it. Let's get to the episode. And Nick is back. Today we're going to talk about the folklore Long Pond Session documentary that Taylor Swift dropped. Nick, how are you doing? I, as always, I'm glad to be back. Um, this time coming back with the title of Taylor Swift Expert, which is a title I have not earned but will happily bestow um, <laughs> in full pride. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, I think that's really cool. I thought it was only right to invite you back to talk about this documentary as we did a deep dive into the album which feels like again yesterday but it was like in august we we did a deep dive into the album and then a deep dive into cheese and we're back (laughs) (laughs) honestly that was like a contender for my anniversary episode for sure but I when I was listening to it I was like it's literally just you and me laughing (laughs) for for like 10 minutes I think it's going to be a fun episode because we're going to talk about some more food related things we're going to talk first about Taylor Swift and then we're going to talk about Demi Lovato's uh, Thanksgiving turkey blender (laughs) And then the live action Grinch. And since you are all dying to know, we're also going to do a little bit of a key update because Nick is here and everyone is dying to know what's going on with the keys. I don't know if you're all actually dying to know, but you should be. (laughs) Yes, I'm very, very excited. First off, like, how are you doing, Nick? Like, how is school going? How's your life going? Um, So school is going crazily. Um, and I feel like that's just life for me at this point in, in time, there is no difference between like work life balance. Like life is a mess. Work is a mess, right? It's the same damn thing. Like if, if work is a mess, like I don't think any job can, but like as a teacher, like you don't just pack that shit up and like go home. So, you know, I'm, I'm not thriving, but you know, dealing with (laughs) the mess that is to come, um, Canada too, the United States is also ratcheting back up in, covid numbers and i have completely hit the like covid wall and like i hate i hate it i hate being that person that's like no friends i'm not gonna go hang out with you because i'm like i fucking want to but yeah i i've hit the wall i don't have like a significant other anything that i can like hunker down and like hibernate with um or as dolly parton and michael buble say and cuddle up cozy down christmas their new song (laughs) um to do that with so it's just like consistently being like I want to hang out with people, but I know there should be. And it's just, like, I'm, like, over it. And I hate having to make, like, the right choice, like, every fucking time. I'm sick of it. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be back here. This is honestly, like, the best use of Zoom that I have used 
is doing these podcasts with Tori because I'm always excited to open up Zoom rather than like dreading it. I know. As a person that's on Zoom like every day, all day, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think we were talking. We we're like, OK, yeah, like let's reconvene on the pod like in the new year. Yeah, then- I was not expecting to be back this soon. And then Taylor Swift came out of nowhere and said, um, my random number 13 is back again to strike. And here's stuff for you. literally so random so I guess let's just get into it like there was the surprise drop she posted on Instagram I believe that day and was like at midnight I'm dropping a like documentary style movie thing on Disney plus were you as shocked as I was so I think that she had been forecasting something for the past few weeks, right? A lot of people were like, oh my God, she has bangs. Like, it's red. Like, she's re She had talked about, you know, a 10 minute version of All Too Well she had recorded. And a lot of people were like, okay, so she's re recording her masters because it's November and now she's legally allowed to do that. So, like, something is coming. And I think a lot of people were like, red is a, uh, All Too Well is a fan favorite. We've had these clues. People were reading into her hair because the Swifties do that. And they were expecting something. And I think the date that she dropped this was like the 24th, like just about a week ago, maybe. Yeah. And she was like, big announcement because like 24 minus 11, because the 11th month is 13. And here we are. Um, I was not expecting this. Um, And then I was also not expecting that when I opened it up, that it was like a literal full length feature film, 100. one hour and 46 minutes worth of Taylor Swift singing content. I was like, oh, oh, damn. Like, this is like a movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was produced like so beautifully. And the graphics were, the whole aesthetic was like absolutely gorgeous. Minus the clothes, <laughs> which we could talk about. But I like that it's like proper title is Folklore, colon, the Long Pond Studio Sessions, parentheses, from the Disney Plus special, bracket, deluxe edition. <laughs> it's like, God. Yes. So that, I guess, is the other piece is now this is also on Spotify. So there is the deluxe edition like that you can listen to. And this is post her releasing all of the like collections where it was like, I don't even know what yes. the other ones were called. But it was like, girl, you, like th- Taylor Swift did not stop promoting this album from the second she dropped it. Like she didn't do any promotion beforehand. But she has not stopped promoting a second since it's been out. Totally, totally. I keep thinking back like with Cardigan being the first single or I think the only single that's been kind of released like so that. Betty has been released as like to country radio play. Um, I don't oh, listen to the radio at this time of the year because it's just like <laughs> phone music. Um, so I don't know if it's still doing popular there or if it's died out, but it was on like country radio play for a significant period of time. Right. I, always just wonder like was that just because of the easy like merch tie-in it just seems still so random to me the cardigan has also not aged well at all no um, the cardigan song i feel like has like i i and we'll talk about it like i just like the bridge in um cardigan so i think that itself has had some like longevity for it but i really feel like she put it out she's like here's cardigan and she talks about this in the uh in the documentary, which I don't want to get too into right now, but she's like, hey, yeah, album people, so I made this thing, and I'm nervous because there's no, like, lead single or standout, like, bop. Yes. And I'm like, Taylor Swift, do you know your name? Like, come on. Like, come on. You could release, like, the Alphabet Soup book, and your people would say, yeah, put it out there. 
Okay, did you find that as weird as I did? Obviously you did because you just explained that to me. <laughs> but like, that was so weird when she was like, I was so worried what my record label was going to say. I'm like, you have had like a 10 plus long career or fifth, like a 15 year career. I think it was just 10 years since Red came out. Like it's been 15 plus years. I think people respect and trust you that you can do literally whatever you want and still be just as successful and like lucrative because that brings me to something I wanted to talk about she had the Miss Americana documentary on Netflix and that was like her coming out as like a Democrat and stuff and like I just wanted to ask you like what did you think was the purpose of this one because that one like had a very clear message so like what do you think was the message of Long Ponds? So looking back at Miss Americana for a second, I have still not watched that. I had made uh, plans with my friend to like watch it. Uh, we were going to watch it together because we were supposed to go to Loverfuss together. So it's like, oh, let's watch it like together. And then we had made plans for it at, like sometime in March, even though it had been out for two months at that point. And then obviously we couldn't because the world shut down. So I still haven't watched it. But you're right. It was very clearly like being like, we need to use our voice as I don't know, famous people or as, like, educated famous people, however she wanted to brand it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and be like, y- you need to be an active participant and stirring up more active people in such an important year like 2020. This one, to me, is A, she didn't advertise it beforehand, so you need to mm-hmm. continue to advertise it into the Christmas season so people buy it and buy stuff. True. Um, but also, it released, like, right after her Grammy nominations were revealed, and she was nominated for, like, I think, like, Best Song, Best Pop Album, yeah. Best or Album of the Year. Yes. And to me, if I'm totally swept in my head, it's like, I know I'm getting nominated for those things. So let me, like, continue to stir up support for my album going into, like, award season, so to speak, um, throughout, like, December. Um, but I, I think that's what it was, a combination of those things. Yeah, that's really interesting. I do feel bad when I think of, like, what's the not the con but what's the like strategy behind this because I feel like especially Taylor has had such a microscope like on her career of like what is strategy and what is like authentic content that she wants to do for like just like the love of the music or whatever and I think that's unfair because I think she has particularly had a tough time with this where other celebrities like people don't think of that but yeah I I, like again with this movie I was like what is the purpose or what is like the strategy behind it well it's like she's not in a position where she can like she should be in a position where she can do what like she wants and there shouldn't be question for it like she should be able to release this album and her record deal shouldn't have had to like blink twice about it like it has her name attached to it people are going to eat it up and honestly it's probably going to be pretty good and she even like kind of has gotten flack I believe in the past for being like a humble person and people are like that's fake and there's always like some type of strategy behind whatever you're doing like you're very calculated and I don't think calculated is a negative thing but I think it gets like pressed upon her as a negative thing uh and she has the ability to be like on different streaming services like Netflix or Disney plus and like here she is like let me put this out to hype myself up hype my music out and get some dough. <laughs> yeah, why do you think she chose Disney Plus instead of going with Netflix again? Um, I think that Disney Plus probably offered her more just money. More money. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
that's all that I can really think of. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that she, she understands like her mark. It's very similar to like what Beyonce tried the title thing when she put out her, she put out Lemonade, the visual album on title, and it literally was there for like two years before, or maybe three years before it moved over to Spotify. Right. Um, and it's like, she knows that she has the power to get people to subscribe to any of these different accounts. And if she's already done it for Netflix, Disney Plus might pay higher. And next time, maybe Amazon Prime or Hulu will pay higher or whatever it is. Right. Which takes yeah. me to, Tori, did you, um, did you, <laughs> did you get Disney Plus for this? Yeah. No, I would like to take a moment to thank <laughs> the sponsors of this podcast, <laughs> truly. Um, I borrowed our mutual friend Jeff's Disney Plus account, which I think also is just funny because his password is... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah. No, but it always... Okay, okay. I'm not going to say anything. Um, if Tori cut anything out there, she didn't need to. She didn't reveal anything. <laughs> um, I, I would so also bad. like to thank our mutual friend, um, Jen, who who saw me trying to leech off of other people's Disney Plus accounts and came to my PMs and was like, you know I have that, right? And I was like, perfect. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can offer up my Amazon Prime account or my CBS All Access account or <laughs> my Apple TV account. So I was really hustling. <laughs> Oh, that is such a good offer. I just was like, Jeff, whenever I meet you in person, I'll like buy you a not a non-alcoholic drink or something like that. But like, that's a way better deal. But like, I feel like also Canadian subscription like channels like Netflix, etc. have worse selection than any of the US ones. So it's like not good. <laughs> well, the one thing the United States has over Canada right there. Yes, is all the access to different Here's the things. Other part, I want to rant out about Disney Plus for just like a second here because, like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm not going to be that person who like leeches off other people's account, not because I have like a moral high ground higher than that, because clearly I don't, but because like I, I just like feel bad asking. So I went on Disney Plus and I was like, I'll do the free the free trial, which is annoying because a week from now I'll have to make sure I cancel it or I'll have to pay. And Disney Plus doesn't even give you the option to free trial. I know. I know. It's like, wild. How much is it per month? I think like $7. Oh, okay, that's, truly, that's not bad. Is that a ton? No. But do I want to do that? No. The, the documentary itself, a very good documentary. I would not have paid $7 a month to watch the documentary. <laughs> no, I was going to say that the the thing that the that Disney Plus suggested I watch after this was a horse show called Black Beauty. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, this is not worth it. That's a very American girl, girl doll-esque where they always were like, here's our companion book for the doll. I, I say this as a man who never got, you know, American girl dolls, but I know the gist. <laughs> Yeah, is it a, it looks exactly like an American Girl, like, companion movie. I don't know if it actually is, though. Did we talk about Horse Girls the last time I was here? We definitely did with Jeanette McCurdy. Like, that is a yes. horse girl name. Yes. Look at these yes. parallels. Um, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I truly don't. And I wish that I did. The, like, the draw of horses and, like, the mm. content put after it. I don't know anything about this Black Beauty, but, like, does not seem like my uh no my what chance. is the horse like like deal versus like any other animal maybe it's just because it's like the most exotic one you can like legally own i don't they're beautiful know. They're, they're beautiful animals yeah, but sure. like <laughs> sure like horse <laughs> run run rudolph 
It's just a reindeer. (laughs) Yeah, like wrong, (laughs) wrong species. (laughs) Yeah, I just like don't get it. Anyways, what was the biggest surprise for you in long cons? Do you want like the positive one or the petty one? I think I know the answer to that. Ooh, let's start with the positive because we don't care about that. (laughs) Skip straight to the petty. The positive was it was a pretty spectacular documentary. Like, and I don't even want to call it a documentary, even though like, I guess it was to me, it was like a visual album. It was very aesthetically pleasing. Um, Listening to her talk about all of the songs before she sang them made me enjoy it so much more. And genuinely some of the like live recording covers were better than the album one yes I enjoyed it yes I have the same thoughts so you know that I was like lukewarm on some songs of folklore but I think again it was just the time period summer I was I wanted to listen to summery stuff I really enjoyed revisiting folklore this this fall and winter but this made it so much better even songs that I didn't super appreciate like her voice, seeing her sing it is it was just absolutely beautiful. And she's not usually known for her voice. And I think she's talked about that a little bit. She's always known for her lyrics and like melodies and stuff. But I just yeah, I appreciated it so much. You're so right. I, I had never thought about that before. But you're right. Like she's not known for her voice, which is so odd. <laughs> like she it's so odd. And I don't think that's like a smack on her voice. It's like a smack or no, it's a, a compliment to her like songwriting. Um, and just like the power that like, you know, she has had since really like she blew up um, with teardrops on my guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she's been able to write such like profound things at different ages that like you can still connect to like love story yeah. Um, which she talked about being like one of her favorite songs to re-record. So be on the lookout for that. Um, the TikTokers are loving it. <laughs> and being able to kind of like m- make that song more mature as like a grown woman, but have it still like resonate with so many people at the age of like what, 16 or 18 when she wrote it. On the flip side, it also did confirm to me songs that I don't like because I was like, oh, this version is better than the album version. And right. I still hate it. Hoax. <laughs> We're looking at you. <laughs> the covid related thing like i'm past the point of even giving her credit for epiphany and being like i love what she's doing with it like she does that like covid verse like it's so strong it's powerful i'm fucking done with it sorry tori's parents um (laughs) (laughs) um, like epiphany i I can't even bother to do anymore and it was i listened to it on the visual album and honestly that's probably the last time i'll do it because yeah like it was beautiful the way she explained it um I, i also still am very against seven I loved her explanation for it. Yeah. Like, that song is done for me. I I yeah. just don't. Like, I cannot. Um, others aged well. Yes. Um, listening to The Lakes live was, like, incredible. Um, yeah. uh-huh. my, my Tears, Ricochet, and Exile were the two standouts for me. Yeah. I know. Exile was so good seeing it live. Like, because they, like, some of the songs they changed a little bit, but that one was, like, the exact same but it still seemed like it was different like it was just really really well done why was justin vernon wearing that hat and neck gaiter <laughs> that was a genuinely the worst part about that when i talk about how the album was so visually pleasing that does not apply to exile the <laughs> yeah. they jumped over 
to Bonnie Vare or Justin Vernon. They used his name interchangeably, which was like really messing me up. Yeah. And I saw him wearing that blue and white like seagull neck gaiter. Yeah. I, I had to pause the documentary. And I don't know if this is true, but whenever I see somebody wearing a neck gaiter, I'm like, Republican. Um, yes. And I was like, I need to Google this because what is this man doing? And he's not. He's, he he wanted to tour in Wisconsin or something, wherever he lived, to spread awareness for, like, he's, like, apparently very progressive. He's, like, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Um, cool. And he was trying to, like, drum up support for them. And I was like, then why are you wearing a neck gaiter? Yeah. Like, what is that your choice? It was so weird because, yeah, I was livid at it because it ruined the aesthetic. But I didn't get it because he recorded that in his own studio. So I was like, okay, maybe there's a camera person there. But that it's like we all know that – but I guess you couldn't sing in a mask. But it's like we all know neck gaiters are like the worst for spreading COVID. I don't even know if it was a neck gaiter. I think it was like a bandana. Like I genuinely think that it was like a blue a bandana over his face and the triangle just like cut down. Yeah, it ruined my life. <laughs> like it was so bad. And – what was funny is, like, his voice was incredible through yeah. the neck gator. Yes. It was so out of place because Taylor Swift is with a, a camera person. At least one was there. I, I don't know if there was more than one, but I know for a fact one person had to be there. Right. And then the two irrelevants. I don't even – I forget what their names are. They Jack were great and Aaron. But <laughs> you were just filler for me. <laughs> and – they weren't wearing masks like at all it was very kind of like yeah. casual it was like everything that kim kardashian wanted her like island party <laughs> to be is like what they had captured with just the three of them that when we jumped over and he was singing at daytime and with the, the yes. neck gator bandana thing i was like yes. this is not who who allowed this well okay this is like something that i've always had in the back of my mind and maybe this is really wrong and it kind of changed my mind when I watched the documentary but I was like are they embarrassed to be like associated with her just because they are like I don't know Bucks. yeah like they're just yeah they just would be like you know like real like quote-unquote here's, here's real what it music. was and I was thinking about this um and I don't want this to come off as rude but it probably will it's like when the two like nerdy guys in high school want to start a band, but neither of them are like terrific singers. And then they have like open tryouts and like this beautiful, like very talented, like singer comes in and it's like perfect. And it brings a whole entire band together. Um, that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, the three like musicians <laughs> practicing in their garage. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I thought that like, let's talk about Aaron and Jack. Like I thought that, Jack didn't add too much to it. He seemed to just like agree to whatever Taylor said, which is like fine. But I thought that Aaron like brought a lot. Like he was like really fascinating to me. And yeah, he just said a lot of things that I like appreciated. I'm glad that you brought his name up because I did actually like him, Aaron Dressner or something. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic in the documentary. He yeah. was not too present. Um, but he was there. He was a really good sounding board person yes. for her. He added in when he had something to add in. Um, I don't think that Jack Aminoff was whatever you just referred to him as. Like, if anything, like, he made me angry throughout the documentary. Because, and this was my petty part of what I hated about the documentary. It was just, like, I talked about back in August 
that I never really liked Jack Antonoff, and I didn't really yes. know, like, why. And I genuinely don't even think I knew what he, like, looked like. And it's not what he looked like. The way that he was dressing, I hate when, like, <laughs> rich people dress like middle-aged suburban dad, but, like, try yes. to make it fashion. Yeah. Like, Reebok shoes yes. with, like, the crew white socks. Like, I, like, the high... Crew socks the high jeans i was like what is like what is he doing i was literally trying to think of the word for crew socks earlier today and i was just coming up with tennis socks so i'm literally so glad you said that <laughs> but yeah i know because he usually wears like black rimmed glasses and i think he is cute and then he was wearing those like gold ones and i like fucking hate those gold ones they clearly tried the three of them clearly tried to make it like stripped down and like kind of like casual and the, and you said earlier the fashion was not great. Like, no. it took me a while to get used to Taylor Swift, like, in pajamas, basically. But at least, like, her look was, like, I'm really not trying to do anything. And you know she put a lot of work into that because nobody looks that great. I know. <laughs> that but Jack Anoff to me was like, look at me trying to do dressing down. It was like, dude, no. You should have just put on, like, a white t-shirt. Um, and like, if you want it to look better than sweats, like just black pants, like, I don't, why are we trying to do fashion, but make it like not cute? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, now that we're just diving into all the petty things, that one outfit where she was wearing that like blue, I think blue or purple hat, like the newsboy, <laughs> like page hat or whatever. And then like those red loafers <laughs> with like the strap, I was dying like and when they abruptly changed at the end towards the end of the documentary yes, where yeah. she was then talking to Aaron and they had that like in-depth in talk she was wearing like room. a red dress or something right yes I actually did like that it was like a red no, shirt dress I didn't dislike yeah. it I, I didn't yeah. dislike it but it felt so out of place it did yeah. not fit the vibe yeah and I think that you're right just bringing it back to the camera people like it didn't look like like cameras on tripods this sounds so uneducated but like, it didn't look like <laughs> Like, it looked, there was movement, right? Like, I think there had to have been people there. So, and it makes sense that Justin Vernon would just Skype in or, like, whatever. Not, yeah, he didn't Skype in. But like, <laughs> like, would tape his portion because it's, like, he was only on one song. So, like, why would you come to this, like, retreat when it's, like, yeah, you're just there for one song. Whereas, like, the, the other two were there for all of them. It, yeah, and, like, I don't blame him for not but then going back to him the lead up she was like i didn't know if he was gonna say yes like i couldn't say ask bonnie bear because yeah. he said no i'd be gutted and I, I i i did get her from like this perspective because like some artists just don't want to collaborate with other artists and it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with like other artists talent it's just like i don't know if like what the vibe you're going for matches up with like the vibe that i want for myself like i think like famously uh, who's the guy who sings uh, she found me on the counter it was shaggy banging on the sofa swaggy no shaggy um, shaggy <laughs> swaggy um, <laughs> shaggy From big brother yeah swaggy see um shaggy won't 
collaborate with Rihanna or Rihanna won't collaborate with him one way or the other because their styles, I guess, like the reggae that they have in their head right. or whatever their version of reggae is doesn't collide with each other. Shaggy, uh, you should be so fucking honored to, to <laughs> like be in the same fucking sentence as Rihanna. Like get over your fucking self, like honestly. <laughs> um, but I was like, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Like, yeah. the, the vibe that you're going for with this album is, that is, like, his vibe. Totally. And I think that that's what I was, like, talking about before is, like, I feel like if it wasn't this spot, like, I don't know. I just feel like she was, like, so poppy that and so mainstream that I thought that they would, like, not want to work with her. But they were, like, clearly, like, Jack is a longtime collaborator, but Aaron Dressner isn't. And he was so impressed by her. Yeah. Like when he was like, I sent her a guitar. I sent her this melody. I sent her these few lyrics or whatever. And then she added this and added that. And I was just like, I love this. Like it, I don't know. It was nice to see her appreciated by other musicians. I like that you just brought that up because I think that clicks into place for me because I I had forgot that he this what he's like bleacher no what is he sorry he's with the, the national the national yeah and jack's um, with bleachers yeah and he hadn't collaborated with her before and maybe that's why the documentary worked better with him because she's collaborated with jack before and jack was kind of like he, he felt very much like acting in like this yeah. role that's not his world totally totally well this this is probably ne- neither of their worlds really yeah but there was, like, so that different. point where he was, like, uh, pretending to be fake about not knowing that Joe helped write Betty or whatever song that it was. I forget what song it was. Uh, yes, let's talk about that after. And then he was, like, a very – I don't know what he was doing during August, but his, his like, just livelihood on display there. That's, I'm obsessed. Okay, please, please, somebody listening to this podcast who can make, like, a gif from – Please give Jack ripping on the guitar in August and send it to me. It was his, his like face expression. Yeah, too, he's like, like really, oh my like, god, his leg is like much. up on the piano bench or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with that moment. That was my highlight. Like, and, and he tweeted, he was like, I really like to play August, and I saw that before I watched the documentary, and I was like, dude, cool. Uh, and I think this really is one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't like this person. So everything this person does now just like makes me annoyed. But right. I was like, you, oh, you little show stealer. Get <laughs> off my screen. Because Aaron Dressner, or I, I feel bad that I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Um, he was so cash during everything. Yes, yes, yeah. He never I think tried to overpower her. He really listened to what she said and added stuff when he wanted to but didn't just like talk for no reason it was I don't know it was just really nice I I really really like him but you're right that it was revealed that Joe Alwyn Taylor's current longtime boyfriend is William Bowery who collaborated on Betty and fucking Exile oh Exile was the song there yes yes okay so what do you think of that? Like, it just makes me annoyed that people like are this talented. That's like, oh, he can be like a famous actor, but then like also is like playing piano and writing lyrics enough for someone like Taylor Swift to be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> so there's a few things to hear that jump out. First is like going by the name 
William Bowery. Like, this isn't the first time. That Taylor, didn't Taylor Swift do that thing earlier this yes. year? Time doesn't exist anymore. When yes. she released, like, that, I think it was, like, something in the Dolphins or whatever, like, a remix of Look What You Made Me Do that they played for, like, Killing Eve. Yes. And then it was promptly, like, you know, the Swifties came out. The, the real Taylor Swift experts, like, came out and were like, that's a fake stage name. Like, they don't have any other music. It was Taylor Swift re-recording that turned out to be like Taylor Swift's brother or something who was like the lead singer Austin I can't say that I was shocked by this Joe Alwyn William Bowery first of all Taylor his name is Joe do you need to pick a more boring name than that you want William <laughs> um and second like imagine how that conversation goes where she Taylor's like hey I really kind of want to like write this thing together like the pressure like I would have been like absolutely not like I know no I know I like how she said like Obviously, this would be different for us. Like, if we want to kind of foray into, like, you working with me on this song, like, as a professional endeavor, like, we can try it. If we hate it, we can stop. I just think that it's, like, why does she give him a pseudonym? Which, honestly, in my head, I always say persuade him. <laughs> I just want to say, why does she give him a pseudonym? And then share it, like, almost immediately. Like, I think that that is the type of stuff that Taylor Swift does that it's like, I'm obsessed with her, but it's like, there's those little things that I'm like, like I want to root for you, but this is annoying. Like that's, that's annoying. What would would your pseudonym be? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) That's like a really on the spot question. So think about it and we'll come back to that. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I think like one, so when I used to, now I have it. (laughs) Wow. Well, okay. Just when I took French in high school, we had to uh, pick names and literally our teacher would only call us by our French names. Sorry. I love that. This is like, this happens in America too. So I love that. And you're like West coast American. I'm East coast or you're West coast Canada. And I'm East coast. And the fact that this like, um, what 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 is this language class has compared across all the space is incredible to me I know but it was so fun and like literally I remember I had like this one teacher in like French nine and then never had her again I had this other teacher and I'd be walking down the hallway in my like fucking senior year grade 12 and then I hear that French teacher being like ha no (laughs) bonjour Veronique (laughs) (laughs) And it's like that's me, and like you, like students in the class would respond to it, like yes. it was yeah, like their real name. I I took Spanish and I was Francisco, but like when we picked, <laughs> like we committed. So I said Francisco in seventh grade, and yeah. I was Francisco in eleventh grade. I love <laughs> that, but like I remember it was like not even an easy decision. Like I remember we got a textbook. And in the back of the textbook, it had this long list of names, French names. It was like, you have a few days to pick the one that you want. Like, it wasn't even it was like, don't make a snap decision. Like, this is your name. Like, yeah, it's like if you got named like Child X coming out of the womb and then you were four and it had to be like, OK, name yourself. <laughs> Too yeah, <much> pressure. <laughs> it was amazing. But yeah, so my French name was like Veronique. And then when I was in Spain visiting my friend who was doing like a semester away there, she called herself Valentina and I called myself Merche, which is like a nickname for Mercedes. Um, so it would be something like that, something along those lines. Nice. I like going with that route. Um, you're really trying to live like the Emily in Paris dream with the French name. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
100%. I think that mine would probably be like initials of like something like, so I'm like Nicholas Alexander. Um, I'm oh, after, that's good to like, know. The last two Russian czars. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It was that intentional? That's a great question. Um, I was intentionally named after a name that nobody else on either side of my family had because my dad wanted me to be original. <laughs> oh my goodness. I like that. Uh, I was almost named. Oh, I wish I could remember what. My my sister was almost named like whole blood or something like odd like that. Young blood. Young blood was almost her name, which is like a rapper's name. Um, just wait if she was a boy that's what my dad wanted to name her is that, just girl. wait just wait you're skimming past that <laughs> like it's fucking nothing what like 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 young dash blood like not like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, <laughs> just see. again you're just like, <laughs> like i get um, the concept but like hello <laughs> I definitely, my name is definitely discussed as like Maximilian, not like Max, like Maximilian, mm-hmm. like after yeah. Robespierre, the fr- French, you know that. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think like whether my dad was conscious or not, like my dad's a history guy, um, that he was consciously thinking of like historical people. And that's what he arrived to with my name. But yeah, my, my sister, whose name is Emily, um, <laughs> if she was a boy, um, a name up for contention was Youngblood. And you know that the... <laughs> Um, the mothers were all like drugged up after giving birth. Yeah. So like the dads are the ones who really like put that name on the certificate. <laughs> so that is who knows what would have happened. That is so brutal. Mine was like Brandon or something like that. Like it was like it was not or Brendan or something like that. If I was a boy, so nothing too too crazy. Maybe I'll get you know I, I retract what I was gonna say. My pseudonym would be Youngblood. <laughs> oh my god! But in French, which I don't even know what that would be. Because I don't remember any of my French. Okay, also, I want to just say that I call you Nicholas John Drinkwater, like, <laughs> in other chats and stuff, like, when I'm reading for you in Game Masters and stuff. So <laughs> it's just funny that now I actually know what your middle name is. <laughs> the allure. This is, like, yeah. a champ's name reveal, but mine. <laughs> yes, I can tell you on the DL afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the exclusive tea i love it <laughs> yes yes that's what you get for for being a guest and a listener of the podcast the only other thing that i want to talk about regards to, to illustrate folklore we'll wrap up the long yes thing, yes was her facial expressions in mad woman and how she's like like it was like the first time the entire thing that while she's singing it you're like oh she is into this like she is singing about somebody totally and then the same with the lakes when she like actually looks directly into camera like i had full body chills i wish she was talking with women or like like i (laughs) on a song like mad woman like you kind of just wish her collaborators were women i don't know if that's too picky and obviously we need men as allies but i don't know and I think that Aaron did a really good job of listening. But just when you're when she's talking about gaslighting, like being gaslit and like just all of these struggles that are so such a daily struggle for women. It's just like, I don't know. I just wish that it was hand, like, I don't know, talked about with a woman. It would just be easier to discuss. But like we also need allies. So I get it. But I don't know. I just wish she was happened to collaborate with women on this one 
and I think Aaron was a good choice for that conversation because he was he was adding to the conversation when he would, but he really let her kind of like paint the picture and he would go in with kind of like a more fine tooth like brush and kind of like just like make it kind of more well rounded. But yeah, I, and I found it very interesting that both times she was talking with Mad Woman and the Lakes, she was talking about Scooter Braun. Yes, she was not talking about Kanye West at all and you know that there's like they allude to both Kanye West in the lakes uh sorry in the lakes with the the red rose and nobody was around to tweet it that's a dig at Kanye um in Mad Woman when they say women like hunting witches too that's a dig at Kim Kim and then in peace on the official lyrics when she says clowns to the west the w is capitalized yes that's directly at him like you know that they are intertwined in this album at certain points and they don't even come up in the documentary which i'm like i love that she doesn't even give them like the airtime, but i also wish like she had like dragged that through the mud too me too me too yeah i think like one other thing actually i want to say two more things about this and then let's move on I thought that it was really interesting how she talked about she's using different lyrical devices, like telling other people's stories, but it reflects her person, like personal stories, because she was saying like, in all my other albums, I needed to be so literal about it being about my life. Like I decided to use different things, like it still worked and was still like vulnerable for me. And then I really liked that it's like, since it's not as direct about what the meaning is, it really shows the appreciation for this album is on the merit of the good music, not just like, because I think a lot of times some of the album's hype was like finding those Easter eggs about like the tabloidy boyfriend stuff. And this was just like all about the music and stuff like that. And I I really appreciate that. I agree. I feel like, not Taylor Swift's first album, but her second, third, and fourth album, there was so much focus on, and we still do it now, but there was so much focus on that as, who is this song about that she dated? Who is this song about that she dated? Who is this song? And she might have, like, four different guys, like, wrapped up into, like, one album that she's writing songs about. And if you think of her, like, biggest, biggest uh, songs, I think Blank Space is the number one that I think of. And that is such kind of, like, a picture of, like, her kind of dealing with the narrative people have created around her. Yeah. You think Shake It Off, which is her and her relationship with, like, the haters or whatever it is. Same thing if you think, like, Mean. Um, And the other, like, ballad-type ones, like, All Too Well, you think, like, Jake Gyllenhaal. So there's so much of, like, her talking about her life in the other albums, which is something I think I consciously knew but hadn't thought of, like, prior to this album. Whereas, like, in this album, I remember people being done and people being, like, Taylor Swift and Joe had to have broken up, right? Because you just yes. assume that it's it's her her narrative. Yes, and there definitely are parts of it that are with like the great Amer- last great American Dynasty. Yes, um, peace specifically, I think, is the other big one. But the songs aren't necessarily like her stories, even if there's parts of her in them. Exactly, and and I think I needed her explanations of some of these lyrics and stuff. For me to appreciate some of these songs. For example, Peace, that was the last thing I want to say about this is like, I think in our deep dive, I was like, I don't really like it because I don't relate to it because I'm not like a celebrity. And that's what she's talking about. 
But when Aaron Dresner was talking about, like, for me, it's, like, my depression, that, like, clicked in for me so much about just, like, feeling like that is such a burden for people and that because this is the way that I am, like, it's going to be difficult, like, being with me and stuff. Like, that was just so nice so I think that that was one of the songs that like really really changed for me and I think that was something that you brought up in our deep dive like it can just be what you think like of yourself or like your flaws or whatever that you can project onto people but just the way that he spoke about it and two people collaborating on a song that have completely different meanings Mm. through the same words I just think was like so beautiful so i i really appreciated that part and i i love peace like peace has been not my favorite but it has been one of my favorites like every time like sometimes i like skip forward to like listening to it uh or i'll just like pick it out because i think that it's such a beautifully written song and i think that her voice on it is really good and uh it it was just kind of like strengthened for me through their conversation before but i like that you talked about like understanding it as not her story but folklore for everybody whatever that means to anybody uh because i think that it did resonate with a lot of people in that conversation from aaron's point of view totally yeah i really appreciated that so it was good i'm really happy that i watched it you're right it was like long i i couldn't believe i literally could not believe it was so long and i was like i don't know what i was expecting because like it was like a full-length album but the album itself was like an hour and to be honest they flew through the first half of the documentary like they they were like yeah the one let's barely talk about a cardigan barely talk about it i know they didn't even start talking about stuff until like this is me trying and that's the other song that i was like i felt like such like a shitty person listening to them talk about it and be like yeah you're right and then like thinking myself and being like I, I sometimes like you have to put yourself first as selfish as that is like you shouldn't feel bad about being like selfish um and thinking about like other people in your life who also are like dealing with shit and you can't always like be there for them because you have to be there for yourself first or you'll just drive yourself insane or you won't be useful to anybody if you're not useful to yourself which I don't know if I love that mantra but I feel like that's something that's like stuck with me whether that's like good logical thinking or bad logical thinking and I'm like I agree with like everything that they're saying and it makes me want to be like a better person for those people but it's also like I have to try like for myself first no I think that like I don't think that's like a bad viewpoint to have I think like you don't have to be perfectly healed or perfectly like evolved to to like I don't know be in a relationship or anything but I I do agree that like you can't give people things if you're not like putting yourself first and like and making sure that you are like full and so and like I don't know fulfilled and stuff I I think sonically too from like just like a song perspective it was one of the most different songs right sung live than it was pre-recorded because there was no background to it yes yeah in terms of the vocals yes uh so that stood out to me too yeah, totally. Yeah. And I wish they did talk about the one more. Yeah. <laughs> they did skip over and that's like my favorite song. So that one still holds up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I wish they talked a little bit more, but it was They really good. did. They jumped into the documentary and then they're like, now we're going to slow it down. It was like yeah. almost like they felt like they had to hook you with her singing. Yeah. And then you before would listen. you moved on. Yeah. Uh, fair. The last thing that we don't want to spend too much time on, 
the like and we talked about the aesthetics like the beauty of this cabin in the middle of the woods like right on this river with the backyard with the fire pit and all the different areas like in the house the like wood the exposed wood all around her while they were singing like the light why can't i have that literally i was thinking the exact same thing it is it was so beautiful i'm like people should get married there it just looked perfect and why did the night look so nice there like the color of the sky and stuff and what time do you think they recorded this? Like, it had to have been past midnight. And you could see her neighbor's house on when they yeah. went on the, the drone thing. Like, right yeah. there. Like, somebody's sleeping, like... Right there. Like 500 feet from where you're recording this entire album. Like, I'm yeah. jealous. And I wish I had this as, like, a COVID retreat. Same. The whole time I was thinking, like, fuck my life. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, this is... Well, this is the exact type of stuff that I would like to do, like rent out an Airbnb that obviously doesn't look like that, but maybe looks similar and like hang out with friends and stuff. I'm like, I can't do that at Ugh. all. So yeah, especially for like, you know, the holidays that are coming up that you're totally. like, damn, I want like, to be able to do something, but I can't. Totally. Glad we got to chat about that. Another thing that has been weighing on my mind for like ever is... Demi Lovato's turkey story <laughs> that happened this Thanksgiving. Do you want to explain what happened, Nick? So, if you've not seen the picture, just Google Demi Lovato turkey. Don't pause us because we don't want you to forget to come back. Yeah. But go literally. pull up the picture. And it's like a side by side of like this animal shelter um, is holding a, it's a picture of Demi Lovato holding this like beautiful, like white turkey. Um, it's an Instagram post. And they're basically saying, like, 99% of turkeys that are killed on Thanksgiving are, like, factory farms, like, come together, like, don't kill turkeys on Thanksgiving, like, help the turkeys. But that's, like, the gist of basically the what's going on this post. It's very, like, support vegetarian lifestyle or just not factory farms. <laughs> and why did that turkey look so Instagram aesthetic? It really did like I think Matt. No, she looked Instagram aesthetic because she like yeah. wore like that like light blue, which matched like the beautiful white of the turkey. The turkey also, in some ways, kind of looks like it could be a peacock. It has like a very bushy tail, and I thought turkeys were vicious. And this turkey must have been sedated or something because this turkey is so relaxed, just like getting pet by her, like it's some like lap dog. Literally, but not other than like fucking twelve hours later. Like it was like four hours later, Demi posted a picture of a cooked turkey for Halloween with the caption, I'm thankful for you all, and it's like fucking huge. (laughs) the, The best part is the the like basically the tagline of the farm sanctuary is like adopt a turkey and they're making it seem like demi lovato adopted this turkey (laughs) (laughs) then you like go to demi lovato's page you're like i wonder if she adopted this turkey and it's like here's her eating a turkey (laughs) it's so bad golden brown and pan and she's like thankful for you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so funny it blew up like my older sister messaged me was like you need to decide discuss this on the podcast and she like never does that <laughs> so I'm like this is I honestly think I'm like this type of story is made for our TBP like <laughs> seriously well it, it's honestly kind of like 
a baller ass move from Demi Lovato <laughs> to be like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go just like promotional turkey, like PR bullshit. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go put this turkey. <laughs> oh, and then when I come back, my turkey will be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like get you that money. Be so tone deaf to be like, <laughs> yeah. I just did this promotional shoot about adopting a turkey. Here's me with a turkey. And it's dead and I'm about to eat it. It was just so funny. Like, just don't take a picture of that. Well, you almost wonder if, like, the farm sanctuary thing had, like, planned this to gain traction to their account so then they could, like, shit talk Demi Lovato. But I don't think Demi Lovato ever would have went for something like that that would have made her potentially look (laughs) like a psychopath. (laughs) I love how you think that this fucking turkey, like, sanctuary is playing, like, 3D chess with celebrities. Don't doubt them. I watched The Queen's Gambit. People play chess big brain. (laughs) honestly holy shit like i love how you literally think that they masterminded and like reverse engineered this situation for them to get more press well they have okay so they have four hundred ninety-two thousand followers on instagram and they're verified this picture of demi lovato has thirty-six thousand. yeah like that's the picture they posted right before that honestly is that the same damn turkey <laughs> um, s- has thirteen thousand, so they yeah. tripled three hundred percent with this Demi Lovato turkey picture, and their newest post, which is this like little like baby cow, has like thirty thousand likes. So I'm not saying they gained followers from the situation, but their engagement was off the hook. I also just want to oh, mention to adopt a hundred others seems like a good trade to me. Honestly, like, maybe you're right. Maybe it was that f- philosophical, like, kill one person or, like, oh <laughs> the train situation or whatever. <laughs> Who knows? But I just want to mention, like, also that the turkey looks, like, photoshopped because it's, like, pure white. And then its face is just, like, pure pink. Like, it looks nice. And turkeys are, like, so fucking ugly. Okay, yes, they are. And I don't know about, like, where you live in Canada. I have, like, 20 turkeys living in my backyard in the trees. Like, oh, I have, really? like, trees behind my house. And they literally live there. And they've been coming earlier because they like savings time. But, like, during, like, the summer, they, like, come, like, waddling home at, like, 8 o'clock at night. Like, all of them in a giant-ass pack. And then they'll be, like, try to fly. And when turkeys try to fly, it's, like, somebody has, like, a car's ba- engine is backfired. Yeah, they're so yeah. loud. And they go... Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> I go up in the trees, and all they do in those trees is sleep and shit. Oh, God. So, yes. Uh, this turkey looks, like, immaculate. This is, must be, like, you know, like, rich person's uh, turkey home or something. Totally. I don't see any ugly turkeys in these pictures. Those must be the one that they give to people who PR shoot, and then they can cook. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a turkey in the wild, but I was like, all the turkeys I've seen do not look like this one. This one is an Instagram turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an influencer. If yeah, you will. and she's like, <laughs> there's one picture in this article that I had pulled up and she's like kissing its little head. It's just, it's so weird. And I'm glad we brought this turkey situation up because uh, it was just American Thanksgiving and I've been wanting to talk about turkey for a bit because honestly, if I think of like kind of like the main meal or the main course at like certain big holidays, um, which if I'm thinking like big holidays for food, I think Easter, even though I'm not all that religious, um, I think 4th of July here in America, even though it's just hot dog and hamburgers, like it's a big food barbecue I love holiday. that. I, and I think Thanksgiving and I think Christmas. And of all of the meals, turkey's the worst. 
I don't know why Turkey has such like, a hold on like not yes. only the American people but the world. Because and we were talking about this, you know, we a few weeks ago because you had tweeted something about drumsticks. Yeah. So uh, let me pass the conversation back over to you <laughs> to give some background on the grab that Turkey has on human beings as a whole. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I have been tweeting on my personal account. So if you follow RTBP podcast on Twitter, you will not find this. Um, but on my personal account, I just said, I'm back on my bullshit and that's eating a drumstick every night. But I was worried and I this this thought crossed my mind before I tweeted it. Like, will people think I'm talking about like a turkey leg like drumstick? And I was like, that's like fucking disgusting. I'm like bas- basically vegetarian. <laughs> also, my mom is going to give me shit for swearing so much on this podcast. But I was like, that's disgusting because I like barely eat meat. For some reason, I think it's disgusting. And I just don't want people to think I'm like chewing on like a little turkey leg in my bed <laughs> like before bed. But it's like an ice cream cone. Honestly, I never eat ice cream. Well, I eat it like a... Every night, apparently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like for some reason, I was at the grocery store like a month ago and I picked up these drumstick ice cream cones that are like mocha flavored. They're like mocha cookie crunch or something like that. They're so good. They are so good. Like sponsor the pod, please. But anyways, so I was like, I hope that people think don't think this. But I was like, ah, there's no way they do. People know me. And then Nick messages me and he's like, is this a turkey leg or something like that? And I was like, no, I can't believe people would think that. It's disgusting. So here in America, we call those like a big dipper. Like it's the same thing, I think. So like, when, and I love a big dipper, but like, I don't I call them drumstick. Like that's not the proper title. But in, in me checking with you what you meant by drumsticks, I was like, I hope she's not talking about like a turkey or chicken leg, but she very well could be. Um, we have this common shared experience of the giant ass <laughs> turkey legs they serve at Disney World. Like yeah. no condiment, no side. It's just like you walk up to the shack and it's like turkey leg, turkey leg. You walk like ten feet down the road, there's some other shack that's like turkey leg, turkey leg. <laughs> buy your turkey leg here. Like why, why, why? Like, okay, they don't even give you like a fucking box for it or like no, a don't. tray. They hand you the bone and they say here, as if I'm like one of the the like. What are those people called in Snow White that live in the woods with her? Dwarfs. Dwarf? As if some, I'm some magical dwarf, they're like, here is your turkey leg, the size of your head. Be grateful that you just paid $20 for this. They don't even give you a napkin. I know. I know. That's the thing that blows my mind. It's like, I've so I've seen this at Disneyland and it's like, okay, so I'm about to go on a roller coaster. What do I want to eat before this? Like 20 pounds of fucking greasy meat. Like, no. They're like huge thick like they, they definitely came from factory farms but they yes. are thick thighs. the bone is like hefty like people I, like clutch it no I, honestly like it could be like a weapon if i tried to bring that <laughs> yeah. on a plane they would be like no sir that can go through uh check <laughs> bags like, th- that yeah. thing is like a, a evil like bludgeoning stick totally Totally. It reminds me of when you said that to me. I'm like, no, I'm not at fucking medieval times. Yes, medieval <laughs> like, times. Yeah. Eating like and like drink eating a turkey. Like, yeah, leg here's and- your mutton chop. <laughs> Cheer on your horse. 
like, go blue horse, go blue horse, and the blue horse dies, and you're like, well, here's me and my chicken leg on this <laughs> plate with my, like, dirty sink water. Yeah, like, drinking out of, like, a fucking stein. <laughs> like, like, it's disgusting. Okay, if I think of, like, oh, what's a time that I'd like to eat? It's, like, not medieval cuisine. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Like, oh, I want to eat... Yeah, like fucking roast turkey and like other animals. <laughs> like, no. What is the biggest complaint people have about turkey? It's dry. It is a dry. <laughs> Why do I want You know what? I just cracked the code again. I, I feel like every time I come on the show, I'm like a conspiracy theorist. I Me bet too. you that Disney World sells turkey legs because they're like expensive as shit. They only give you the leg. And the second you start eating that turkey, what do you want? A drink. A drink. (laughs) Then they capitalize on it. And they make you go to the drink station and buy the $10, like, bottle of Aquafina because they don't even have quality water. Yeah, I actually, like, honestly believe that. It just doesn't also have any tie-in to, like, anything. Because all of their other food is, like, Disney branded or, like, Dole Whip at the Tiki Bar. Like, Mm -hmm. all of that makes sense. But then it's just, like, random turkey-like things. I... I had gone to uh, Disneyland when I was like 10, but I don't think I remembered that. And then I went last year and that was like my biggest takeaway. <laughs> so I, I had never been to Disney World until I turned 18. The summer that I graduated high school, me and some friends road trip down to her aunt's place in Tampa. And then we went uh, like to and from like Disney basically because it was close enough. It was like an hour and for term people don't know florida geography um, we don't <laughs> so I, I had never been there as a kid all of my other friends had been there as a kid like you know disney resorts and i was like yeah my parents didn't do that shit with my sister and i so we got there and everybody was having the time of their life and my sister and i were like what is going on in this world where there are scr- like there are children crying everywhere i was like this yeah. is the happiest place on earth and you're crying you're a parent paid like a thousand dollars for you to cry all day here here's a turkey leg to make you feel better yes and <laughs> turkey leg stations everywhere yeah everywhere yeah like, damn and i was like i thought this was like a southern thing so like i hadn't thought twice of it until you had just brought it up at disneyland which is in california and i was like who who are they serving in california that wants a turkey leg no you know, california eats meat no no it is just so weird like Maybe I should Google, like, history of the turkey leg at Disneyland. Like, honestly, because it just, I guess it's by the castle, which I guess could be medieval-y. Like, I don't know. It's oh, just... it, no, because Cinderella's castle is not medieval-y because they're trying to purposely be like, here's this, like, rich family and here's this poor girl. But even the poor girl isn't, like, Merida from Braves. One of the things I'll never get over, and you're totally right, I feel like that meme uh, with the red string every time I'm talking on this podcast, just because it's something I'm so passionate about, and then people are going to be like, you're literally talking about turkey legs. <laughs> well, here you go. But it, it is. It's And whoever goes to Disney World next or Disneyland, first of all, props to you for risking your life for capitalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> second, Honestly. check out the amount of times you either hear somebody say turkey leg because it's not just the the workers who are yelling turkey leg like there are families that look forward to the turkey leg and the amount of signs or places that serve a singular turkey leg and if you're a turkey leg family dm us and let us know why (laughs) 
And if anybody has written a research paper on, again, like Tori said, about why they had the turkey leg there, please, I, I would love to read it. Truly and honestly, would love to read it. Me um, too. So, like, I don't know if there's any high schoolers on this that listen to your content, Tori. Maybe. Um, but if you have the freedom to write a research paper on you, what you want, if you do the, the turkey leg, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. And I <laughs> yes. might even send you, like, $10 if you're American. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, but please let us know because it is fascinating. I'm going to – okay, I posted about this again on my personal Twitter about, like, what's the weirdest content that you follow – and I do follow this YouTube channel that's like Disney historical like information. I'm going to DM him. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. YouTuber. Yes. You need a follow up. Yes. Yeah. And I'll let <laughs> this is how like, I keep getting myself back on the podcast. Do you yes. notice this? Every time I come back, it's like a follow up to something else. So like, yes. I got my way back in here because people wanted a follow up to folklore. And then we we're like, yes. oh, let's do a follow up on the key story. So now I have it in for like a while. But now it's like follow up to the turkey leg. Like, <laughs> this is what you have. Everybody who's listening, joining on the podcast, you have to learn. Once you get in, you sick your teeth in and make them yes. keep coming back. Yes, I love that. Honestly, do it. I think it's fun also for people to like, yeah, come back and talk about the same thing, but in different ways and stuff. So and you're always welcome back. Okay, the last kind of two things we wanted to talk about is a the Grinch live action movie, which has haunted my dreams for the past like four days it's kind of like, remember the Sonic the movie came out? Oh my god, yes. And everyone was like, like the backlash that people had. it was uncomfortable. Had, it was so uncomfy. And so they literally went and redid the entire movie to make it more palatable for people. I think the same thing is going to happen with the Grinch. So Matthew Morrison was cast in the live action Grinch as the Grinch. And his costume is way scarier than the cartoon or like the the Jim Carrey one. So the biggest nitpick that people have of the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch is that it's creepy, right? In terms of like Yes. Jim Carrey's Grinch is creepy. I actually have never found like when I think of the Grinch, like I think of like Jim Carrey. Like he's yes. ugly, he's a little fat. Like but he's not like disturbing. And, the fate, it's the and Grinch. his face like, I, like, Yeah. Yeah, in the face it like works. The yes. Matthew, what's his last name? Morrison. Morrison. The Matthew Morrison musical sing-along live action version of The Grinch does it nothing for me. And the fact that they were so lazy and they're like, let's paint your face green and then let's go to Joanne Fabrics down the road and grab some <laughs> green feathers and just like pluck it on you was like, what is this off-brand Broadway show? Like, I know Broadway is closed, but nobody needed it this bad. No, it's so bad. His nose, they put the, like, fake nose on, but it's, like, a different color than all of his face. The face paint that they put on him is, like, not even. There's, like, spots where it does not look evenly applied. His hair isn't, like, the Grinch hair. It looks like Albert Einstein. Yeah. And then his costume is literally bird feathers. It's so bad. He, he looks, you know who he looks like? He looks like Moira Rose um, <laughs> yes, from her performance the of The Crowning at Schitt's Creek. Like, and they purposely made her look like a whack job. They like mirrored this and were like, passion. Like, yeah. Um, it's so bad. I had, I don't know when this was announced. I think it was announced last Thursday, so on American Thanksgiving. 
And I woke up Thursday morning, and let me tell you, the first thing that I saw was not the Grinch. It was the live-action version of Clifford the Big Red Dog. And I was like, this cool... What is the obsession with, like, recreating live-action things that don't need to be done? So later on in the day, when I saw the Grinch, I was like, we don't need another (laughs) Grinch. I thought this, like, phase of culture where we were like, here's a live musical performance of this. And it was, like, Carrie Underwood starring as the woman who runs through the hills of Switzerland. And then it was like, okay, here's the live version of Grease starring Vanessa Hudgens and some other people who aren't as relevant to her. And I was like, I get it. It was like a very short moment in time where they, this like captured, you know, audience attention. And now out of nowhere, it's like, here's the Grinch. And it's like, I have the cartoon version of the Grinch. I have Jim Carrey's version of Grinch. And I have the more friendly new version of Illumination's version of the Grinch. All three of them, they're three very different Grinch versions. We all have our favorite version. I don't need a musical version of a creepy looking dude singing on my screen. It's like, again, a ploy to get people into like nostalgic culture where people, yeah, want to, I don't know, feel happy again or something like that. And if if people out here are truly looking for Christmas content that they haven't been able to watch before, um, my biggest recommendation is the prep and landing things. If you haven't watched those, I know those are kind of old, but not a lot of people have watched them. They are like adorably cute. Um. They're not too try-hardy, and they're pretty short. And honestly, you'll get much more enjoyment out of watching, like, the two or three prep and landing series they have than you will this, like, creepy live-action version of The Grinch when truly all you want to hear is Cindy Lou who is saying, where are you, Christmas? Completely. I think it's just also funny that it's Matthew Morrison because the other thing I think that's happening during COVID is everyone's revisiting Glee, and they're (laughs) like, he is literally such a disaster, like – disgusting human being like with Mr. Shoe and stuff like that so I just think that it's like it just couldn't get worse like it's not just the like dollar store version costume but it's also just him like as a person like it's just another huge loss for him and and, in some ways it really is like the perfect like nightcap to 2020 100 <laughs> percent. like here's this like 2020 theme that we have of like everything being shit plus yeah. like people revisiting glee in quarantine realizing yeah. how terribly it's aged um not that it was ever you know it didn't age well in the first place i never watched it but i assume um and then people being like oh yikes and then it's like here's this man from the yikes um filming in this version that nobody asked for that looks terrible with a not even effort costume singing songs from the Grinch that you don't want to hear from the Grinch anyway no and 2020 is almost over (laughs) I know did they announce like anybody else in in the musical so for me when I saw Matthew Morrison I didn't even know who that was I was like oh these are like nobodies like when I when this was like a much bigger thing when they would be like live performance of this musical like they they had Carrie Underwood they had like yes the, and even Julianne in the Greek version, I think Carly Rae Jepsen was there. They had like recognizable names. Yes, one hundred percent. They had um the girl from Moana as Ariel. Like it's huge, like huge, very very talented people. And like Matthew Morrison, like he is a good singer. Like no, I don't think anyone would like doubt that. He's not like amazing, but yeah, I I don't even know anybody else who's in this performance because it's just um Dennis O'Hare, Boo Boo Stewart. And Amelia Minto, any of those names jump out to you? Wasn't Boo Boo Stewart in Twilight? 
I also didn't watch Twilight. Um, oh my god! It's directed by Julia Noel. I don't know who any of these people are. I I've truly nev- don't. Okay, yeah, Boo Boo. Okay, Boo Boo Stewart is in Twilight, The Descendants, and also in my new favorite TV show, Julie and the Phantoms. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, so, like, honestly, I stand. <laughs> like, are on our hands. But, <laughs> like, no one else I know. Yeah. The, the, like, it's really, like, can we stop trying to repeat things that have already been done well? Yeah. Yeah. Like, really? just Unless just you're adding to something, it's... Say the Grinch. Just put totally. the Grinch on TV. People will tune in. Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I do wonder, like, do they do this to not upset people but like this is getting a lot of buzz i i think honestly they'll do with sonic they'll do what they did with sonic and redo the costume i think they have to because if it's a live musical they can do that before the performance yeah i think they they have to um i don't i think that truthfully and this this is like the opposite of conspiracy theory nick on hold here I think when they do these types of things, they're like, this will really make people happy. Like, it will be like a family event. Like, people will be able to gather around their TVs. And I think that people are trying to capture um, that type of sentiment of, like, get the family around. Yeah. Together. And they'll be able to do this thing that everybody loves. And it has, like, the opposite effect. Where it's like, totally. who wants that? <laughs> You're probably right. Because, like, I watched with my family the Grease one. And... Like, if I was with my family during, like, the aerial one and stuff, I probably would have done the same thing. So, I guess that's a good thing. But, yeah, it's just also classic 2020. Like, wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way. It's just funny when they try to do stuff like this and they're, like, so far off the mark, you can't even see the mark. Totally. Totally. I just, again, don't get how these things happen when there's, like, a trillion eyes on this like how is everybody okay like it's definitely like stockholm syndrome where they look at it and they're like so much and then they look at it a little bit more like honestly like it's not too bad like it's good like the grinch could look like that or i just think it's like they look at it so much Mm -hmm. that they're like this is great and then it's like when you get fresh eyes on it you're like oh like yes (laughs) he looks disgusting and very scary yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, the last thing we wanted to chat about is to just get an update about the key situation. If you didn't listen to Nick's last episode, basically, in summary, Nick has been sending creepy, unaddressed keys to a former roommate of his um, because of this petty (laughs) drama that happened between the two of them. You really just need to go back and listen to that. Yeah, that is such a that is such a downplay of what's really happening. But yeah, what's up with the key situation now? I think the last time we had talked, um, a named roommate had just gotten a key to his new address. Yes. Um, so the roommate had moved, and while everybody in my like friend group knew the person had moved, we none of us were told an address um, on where he moved. Which it, it makes sense. Like, there's no reason that this information would have got told. Like, we're not visiting you in COVID times. Um, so through my you know sleuthing, this is like the third time he's moved. So I've had to figure it out. This was by far the hardest time to figure it out. Um, but I was able to figure out where they had moved to 
um, and had sent him a new key, which had thrown him off like a crazy person. And usually I try to space these keys out. However, um, when we talked about it just like a month ago, I think, however long ago it was, I was like, okay, well, there needs to be another one coming up before the end of 2020 because I just brought it up on the podcast. Like, I need to get my way back on the podcast. That can be the updated version <laughs> of the story. Then Taylor Swift came out and was like, get back on the podcast before 2020 <laughs> ends. So what I think that we need to do here as a podcast community yes, story to go find two really creepy Christmas cards. I um, can do that. She's going to take pictures of them and post them everywhere that she has social media <laughs> and we're going to count the votes um, of which of the two christmas cards is creepier and then tori is going to send it to this address for the holidays <laughs> i can't believe you've literally roped me into being an accomplice on this yeah i just want to like also say that like i think a few people again mutual friends of ours messaged me about this key story no one else, like, no listener mentioned it to me. And it's just so funny that, like, I'm like, this must be the right people to tell this story to because, like, no one batted a freaking eye. Like, They're like, yeah, that's typical. Yeah, yeah. Like, where do we join in? Like, literally no one batted an eye. So I will say I, um, I had gotten feedback from that as well from – um, the minimal family that I hyped this podcast out to after I was nervous that people were gonna were gonna hear it and tell him, um, and uh, like the mutual friends that Tori have were like, Nick, what the fuck? What is going on? Um, but uh, I'm very excited to see it continue. It's always like a rush when like I know that the the mail has either been delivered or is close to being <laughs> delivered, and I see like his name typing to me on snapchat or typing into our friend group because i know he's ready to accuse somebody of doing it and this time it's just gonna be so glorious because they can't even track it back to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know your address you're literally evil um but yes that's the help that i need um from tori is to pick out two christmas cards that are creepy but like cute creepy um not like serial killer creepy (laughs) Um, and then get people to vote yes we need your help listeners of our tbv and then i will have a more thorough update you know as much as i can i can't ask prying questions um, but i'll have as much of an update as i can in the future amazing well thanks nick so much for coming on again Every time we talk, it's like, okay, how long are we going to talk? Like 45 minutes and it's like an hour and a half. I know. I'm like, got to get back to work. Like, like, literally, it's my problem. It is my problem. And then editing, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? But it's because we we had so much to talk about. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad. Obviously, just really enjoy what we're always talking about. So it's easy to talk for an hour and a half. Thanks. I I can't wait to be back again. So. This is always a blast for me, too. Good. I'm so glad. And Thanks then I listen to it back, in. and I'm like, it was so funny. <laughs> um, you, okay, I'm glad you do. I fucking listen, and I'm like, I need to be put down. <laughs> like, I'm like, why do people listen to this again? I hate myself. <laughs> okay, let's end on that dark note. <laughs> it's not that bad. Sometimes I'm like, I'm so funny. Why am I not famous? And then sometimes I'm like. And then sometimes she's eating cheese in a cold closet listening to hoax (laughs) exactly exactly that is honestly my two moods it's one or the other honestly 
<laughs> okay, Nick, thanks for coming on. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for another episode coming out this weekend. Elena from the Girl We Gotta Talk podcast joins me and we talk about a lot of really fun things. If you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave RTBB a five-star rating and review and follow along with all of the shenanigans on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. If there's anything you would ever want me to cover on the podcast, just DM me and let me know. I love talking to listeners and hearing your ideas for the podcast. I hope that you are all safe and well out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.